Let us pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to freely gather here and worship you for this community of faith, this family of faith you have given us. And God, may our prayer of our heart and our lives be that you continue to speak into our hearts, minds, and lives this day and each day. And may my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're continuing our series on the minor prophets, looking at several of the minor prophets and their stories. We, of course, have looked at Jonah and Amos and Habakkuk, and today we come to Hosea. Next week we'll do something just a little different, take a little break, and then finish up with the prophet Micah, somebody I know somewhat familiar. And uh, then we'll begin our series on Ephesians on the 19th of October, and I'm very, very excited about that series and certainly encourage you uh, not to miss any of that. There's a lot happening here in this book of Hosea. If you ever get the chance to kind of really read through it, um, there is a lot. A lot to offer, some controversy, some harsh words, some gentle words, some odd words, some strange things that are happening here. It's a strong book, a strong prophet. There were some challenges uh, going on that Hosea was writing to. But perhaps the main purpose, or one of the main purposes of this book, of this prophet, is to remind the people of God's covenant. Of God's covenant with them that continues for us through Jesus Christ, that, that is brought into fulfillment in Jesus Christ and continues and continues. That a covenant is a little different than a contract. A contract is a legal document, a legal obligation, and oftentimes there's a way out or a way to fight that. A covenant is more relational. It is something much deeper. And the covenant here that we're being reminded of is that we are God's children. That each and every one of us are God's children, chosen by the God of the universe, adopted by the God of the universe. You've heard me talk about this before. It's a, a theme, I think, that we need to kind of remember over and over again in the church and in the world. But we forget the depth and the power of this. How overwhelming it is that the God of the universe, the one who is perfect, the one who created everything, the beauty that we see, the joy that we experience, the one who made it all chooses us. Not just once, but over and over again, this God of the universe loves us deeply and chooses us to be his own. That is a deep, deep love that God has for us. It's a love so deep that we can't understand it, that nothing we have on earth compares to it. That our own love for our children is nothing compared to the love that God has for each of us. That alone, for me, is overwhelming to understand. That alone is just simply Humbling brings me to a place that I need to be. To know that I love my children deeply and to know that God chooses me as one of his children and loves me even more deeply than that. In the midst of my mistakes, in the midst of my successes, in the midst of my failures, that God loves me more than any kind of human love that we can ever experience or ever express. 
I don't know if you've had this experience, those of you that have had children of your own. We were talking about this a little bit last night at my house, but there's something that happens when a child is born. You can probably remember that moment or moments in your life. But for me, I had no idea about love until that moment. And many of you know what I'm talking about. What happens in that moment, the thing that you experience. And to know that even as powerful as that is, that God's love for us is deeper and more profound is simply overwhelming. What a deep joy. You see, Hosea wanted to remind people of the consistent and powerful love of God. That God wants to be with us over and over again. You see, the people had forgotten that. They were refusing to respond to God's love. They were ignoring God's love. They were rejecting God's love. And the truth is, we face this challenge sometimes ourselves. They were very, very stubborn people. Now, I'm German, so I can't relate to this at all. But if I could, if I could, I would recognize that we all have these moments. Whether it's out of fear whether it's out of insecurity, whether our own sense of justice or fairness makes us believe that we don't deserve God's love, whether we don't want to bother God, whether we forget, whether we get caught up or distracted by something else. Satan is the master of distractions, loves to get us caught up in the little things so that we miss the big picture love of God for us. Whatever reason it is, we, we, we refuse to recognize this, God's, this love that God has for us. We refuse to really begin to grasp and understand how deep the love that the God of the universe has for us is. Deeper than even the love we have for our own children. You see, Hosea is reminding the people throughout this book in a lot of different ways of God's intention and God's promises. That it's always God's intention to love us, to adopt us, to show us compassion. That this is God's very purpose. This is the promise of God for us. That when we come and gather and worship, and as we celebrate baptism, as we sing songs, as we come to the table... All of this we do to be reminded of the promises of God, of God's covenant with us, to be in relationship with us, to love us deeply. And these people that Hosea are writing to, they're not real good people. They're doing a lot of bad things. And if you read the whole book, you kind of see that a little bit. Even in our second reading, it hints at some of the issues that were happening in Hosea. They were undeserving. They, it was clear that they didn't deserve God's love. And that's the truth of God's love, is that those that don't deserve it get it over and over again. And many days, when I, when I take the time to remember that, I thank God for that personally. 
that that is the truth. But you see, God doesn't just love us so that we can be adopted children and, and sit comfortably and just embrace and celebrate that. God shows us compassion so that we can show compassion to others. And I have to say, we're not always good at compassion. And for each of us, there are certain things that we have a harder time being compassionate about. There are certain places, perhaps, even that we have a harder time being compassionate. Many of you know about me. I bring it up in the sermon all the time. You know, confession, Lutherans, it's good. You know, that my, one of my hardest places to be compassionate is when I'm driving a car. Okay, I have low levels of tolerance, low levels of patience, and so I do not experience high levels of compassion in that moment. I am somebody who loves kids. I've given my life and my work in so many ways to children and adolescents and families, and so it's hard for me to show compassion to those who hurt kids. It's hard for me to have any kind of grace or compassion in those situations. Yet, this God who is always compassionate towards me, always compassionate towards me, calls me to compassion for others. That if we as human beings took a posture of compassion, this world that we struggle with from time to time would begin to look very differently. Our communities, our families, our church would look differently. But the truth is, we struggle to accept God's love and compassion. We struggle to dispense it. And the two are connected. When we struggle to accept God's love and compassion, it becomes more difficult to do something with it. Whether our difficulty in accepting that is fear, is guilt, is pride, is shame, Whatever it might be. And by the way, none of those values I lifted, listed, fear, guilt, pride, or shame, those major obstacles that prevent us from accepting God's love and compassion, none of those are godly values. None of those are biblical values. They're tools of the devil. And so oftentimes, in the Christian world, we embrace guilt and shame rather than love and compassion. Again, I grew up in a German household. Guilt was a love language. But it's not God's love language. And so even Hosea, who has a tough message, is not speaking to that. Instead, Hosea is simply saying, return to God. Return to God's compassion. Here in verse 8. The heart of God is communicated. How can I give up on you? How can I hand you over? How can I mistreat you? How can I punish you? My heart is changed. I feel compassion. That the very heart of God is compassion, even in those moments when we don't deserve it. I was communicating with a friend of mine who's a psychologist uh, over text message earlier this week. I believe it was Friday, so we were at the fair. And if you know a few things about the fair, if you've experienced the fair, it's, um, it's good food, it's 
even better people watching. (laughs) And I confessed in that moment as we were making some pastoral and psychological observations at the fair that sometimes in large crowds of people the challenge is that we get in that mode of judgment and pride instead of love and compassion. And why is that? And, and I started to think about this and how it connects to this message of Hosea and it struck me Thank God that that is not God's posture towards us ever. That it's not, well, so-and-so is better than so-and-so. Or, well, thank goodness I have so-and-so because that helps me to put up with Marcus. This is not God's posture to us. That God's love and compassion is deeper for us than the love of our own children. You all who have kids have done things for your children that you never imagined you would do. You would do almost anything you could for your children. Even though sometimes, even as adults, they frustrate you, they confuse you, they give you angst and heartburn and heartache. But you love them. Take that same concept, that same sense of love and compassion, and know that God's love for you is infinitely bigger than that, is consistent. The truth is, as a husband, as a father, as a human being, I fail. There are times when I get frustrated with my children. There are times when I get really angry with my children. And most of the time, truth be told, when that happens, it's really not about them, it's about me. If I'm honest with myself, it's my lack of compassion, my tiredness, my impatience, my germanness, my insecurity or fear or guilt or shame. They do something that I know is a genetic condition that comes from me. (laughs) You see, that's why we have parent-teacher conferences every year. It's to remind us of how much is genetic. It's not to learn about our kids and how they're doing in school. And the truth is, even in those failures, even though I know I'm wrong, even though I'm not living in the compassion towards my children that I would want, the truth is that God is consistently compassionate for us, consistently compassionate for me in the midst of those failures. I make a habit, I I believe, as a Christ follower and certainly as a father that when we make those mistakes as parents we apologize to our children that's a a core value for me and so you know I recently something had happened it involved Abby I know that's a shock and uh, and and so I said um, I said Abby I apologize for doing that that was not right here's why I did it I hope you can forgive me okay I think this is important And Abby, without flinching, not that she ever does, Abby, without even thinking to respond, says, Daddy, I always forgive you. You see, this is where children get it and we adults somewhere along the line lose it. And that's the sad thing about growing up. That most of us love that age, that purity and innocence of our children. 
But this is God's posture towards us. I am always compassionate towards you. I always forgive you. Even if you do the most horrible and awful of things, that in spite of our sin, I love you. But not just so that you can feel good and loved, but so that you can go and love others. What a beautiful and powerful thing that God calls us also to this compassion towards others. That the truth is that Hosea reminds us of God's ongoing love story. That God doesn't just put up with us, that God is in love with us. And that love only deepens. And the truth is, our love for God, our love for one another can deepen as well. There's a lot of hate in the world. A lot. We experience it. We sometimes even offer it. You don't have to watch any news channel for more than 37 seconds to see hate. And yet the overarching message of Hosea is, Love is deeper than hate. And thank God that hate is not a value that God ever has embraced for us. Love is deeper than hate. And God's love for us doesn't change. You see, Hosea reminds us of the simple truth that God does for us what we ought to do, but can't do. That without God, we really can't show ourselves and others compassion. Without God's help, we can't really fully embrace God's love and dispense that love to others. We can't. But the truth is, we matter. We have significance not only to this world, not only to the people we know and love, but more importantly, to the God of the universe who loves us better than we love our own children and grandchildren. That's enough right there for me. That's enough to sustain me for my life, to know that God, who created it all, loves me more than I love my own children. I can't quite wrap my head around that. I can't quite fathom that. I don't understand what that is, but that's the truth. That's the truth of God's covenant. And we've simply got to embrace it. Because in the midst of everything that happens, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of everything that we experience, God's love does not fail us. God is eternally patient, eternally gracious, always consistent. And at the end of the day, love always wins. It always wins. Because love is deeper than hate. Compassion is the answer. And so know this morning as we gather here in worship that this God of the universe loves you deeply. That his compassion never fails. His love is the one thing in this world that is never conditional. And embrace that. So that you can experience all that God has for you and so that you can bring that same love and compassion to the world that God loves. Let us pray.
God, we thank you for these words for Hosea, this prophet who reminds us of the covenant of love, of your compassion for us. God, help us to embrace your compassion, which is never-ending, instead of the fear, the guilt, the shame, and all those other things that distract us. And God, as we embrace your compassion, give us the strength to be a more compassionate people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.